Hey, this is Sebastian for the Metal Gods Meltdown, and I'm joined by... Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth, and uh, more importantly for this interview, Devilment. Mephisto Waltzes gets released soon. How happy are you with the finished album, and do you, are you getting impatient now as well? It's coming out, in fact, the same day as Metallica's new album, so they best be warm. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah. Kind of getting bored of it now, to be fair. We've been in the studio... Um, a, a good few months have been, and since then, uh, just by working on the new Cradle album, half of my time has been dedicated to doing press and uh, working on the videos because we've got a new video coming out. Even though we just had a video for Hitchcock Long, yeah, just watching that. We've got an anime, yeah, we've got an anime video for well, kind of an anime video coming out for Full Dark No Stars next Monday. So it's been a bit full on. So when I say that I'm a bit, you know, tired of it. I, actually mean it's just been really full on there's been a lot of press uh record company's done a fantastic job this time around um and when this is all over it's straight into the new cradle record wow so non-stop the wicked <laughs> um can you give me some insight into the superb shine on sophie moon well it was loosely don't ask me why i came up with it because sometimes you know it's almost like leaving um socks out at the end of your bed for the uh, for Santa Claus or some elves to fill with presents. You just don't know how it's going to be delivered. That's somehow how it feels. Um, but it was, the music kind of suggested this idea about a story of Santa session driven to the point of fanaticism. And the title was actually a title that was destined for a band called Temple of the Black Note that I was involved in. And um, I just thought it worked really well because it was kind of based on Shine on Harvey Moon, which used to be a, a TV series. The guy in that was actually in Hellraiser uh, 2. He was in a doctor. Anyway, long story short, because it's, it's I say, about like a sort of celebrity stalker for Sophie Moon, who's actually a Hungarian porn star, which just as apt because it sort of places this character beyond the reach of everybody. She's almost untouchable, almost perfect, but because of her job, it sort of gives you the protagonist of the story, as it were, the kind of self-obsessed right to, to stalk her, you know, to be with her. So it's a, it's a bit of a fucked up love song. And yeah, it's, it's the most aggressive song on the record, but it, I, it's my favourite because it, not only is it aggressive and it's got kind of a sort of punky bad religion vibe to it, but it just descends into a really, really strange sort of middle age, uh, with some really transient, transient as not in sexual, but transient, keyboards and, and haunting female vocals in the middle. So you head out on the road with She Must Burn soon, who of course supported Cradle of Filth in the past. How pleased are you to have them on the tour with you? And uh, when, when it was put to us to, to suggest an opening band, um, I, I just immediately thought of, of the guys from She Must Burn. And originally we chose them, along with me, Nea Bliviscaris, for the Cradle Tour. Um, it was like a competition that was being run. We had to choose a band from every territory. Um, we just got on really well with them, thought they were really good. And um, when it came to the government tour, I thought, yeah, I know, people have seen them, and I think this is a good platform and a good window for them to, to you know, 
to, to pull some of the same people, but they do, they're one of those bands that both divide the gap, or across the gap, sorry. They're, um, you know, they could appeal to the fans of Cradle of Filth, and they could appeal to, appeal to fans of Devilment at the same time. So yeah, pleased to be seeing them again. Quality. Yeah. Sounds awesome. I mean, you also, like you say, you have the local bands come and play as well. Do you ever get... Yeah, we kind of picked those as well. We did a bit of research, you know, and found out who was in the vicinity of each venue. Uh, I had some suggestions along the way, but then we also sort of over, overwrote some of the suggestions. We're, no, 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 no. <laughs> We've got a band that we've been looking at that are pretty cool. Do you actually get a chance to... Get out and watch the bands, or do you get mobbed if you're out in the audience? Well, I'd like to say we get mobbed. I just hope there's enough people to mob us. <laughs> it's, all, it's all very different with government. Uh, I mean, the last time that we did a full tour, which was supporting uh, Motionless in White and Lacuna Coil, which is a fantastic tour, absolutely awesome. Um, I'd just been on tour with Cradle in Russia, and we were obviously playing big places. We did 19 dates over there. And we came from being looked after like kings, you know? Yeah. And lots of flights and stuff like that, and big entourage. From that, and three days later going out on this other tour and getting changed in hallways and, uh, <laughs> you know, being a support and having like an inch of room on, on the stage <laughs> in front of like three lots of drum kits. So, yeah. It was, it was good, it was a bit of an eye-opener, but cool. Sort of like going back to your roots, the early days, hey? A little bit, yeah, but it, it was cool because we got to share a bus with Lacuna, and I knew all their crew, because along the way, most of their crew had worked for Cradle, so uh, they couldn't be too horrible for me, because things, you know, what goes around comes around and all that. <laughs> they know they'll probably be working for me at some point in the future again. <laughs> but so. no, it was, it was great. It gone. We all got on very well with, with the other bands, and the studio people regular contact so anything that involves yourself as always promises to be intense and immense can you tell me then what we can, can we expect from a devilment live show as you just mentioned it'd be quite intense it won't be intense it'll actually be in venues uh, <laughs> boom break. boom yeah I mean the stages aren't going to be massive With most of the venues are like 200 to 400 capacity so there's only so much we can do but we're going to dress the stage and you know the We've got a great um, set list, where it's obviously sort of half the first record and half the new album. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really good tour. It's going to be hot and uh, violent, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun as well. It's, you know, it's our, it's our own tour, so we're going to make it um, a bit of an event for sure. Yeah! 
you about your dreams do your dreams influence your creative processes are or are they all about jane seymour <laughs> um my dreams are really fucked up actually i always have insanely weird dreams um 
imagine if people reckon they'd never dream, never remember any of their dreams. I always remember, I always seem to have about nine or ten a night. And sometimes, you know, I wake up and then go back to the same dream. No, they don't really influence anything. I'd, I'd love them to. I always sort of thought, wouldn't it be great? And it has happened a couple of times, but it's one of those things that when you wake up, it suddenly is like a bubble just bursts and you go, oh, damn. You forget. Because, yeah, you, you're hoping for that. Wow, that was great. I'm going to write that down right a second. That's going to be a bestseller. Mm. Or that's a great idea for an album. But no, unfortunately, not. They're too messed up for that. They don't make no sense. So, on the dream theme, then, what is your biggest nightmare? Huge tax bill. <laughs> you have had an amazing career. In the future, would you ever think about making The Life and Times of Danny Filth a documentary? Uh, no. I did a documentary uh, quite recently, which will never get aired, because the record company said it's a bit too demeaning to your personality. It was with uh, my friend King from, used to be in Gorgoroth, but then was in Godseed. Uh, he plays in Abax band, Guy from Immortal. Right. And uh, me and him basically, for some reason, I was, I was in Norway, hanging out with a load of people, and we came up with a stupid idea that we go and put ourselves at the mercy of lots of cults and weird and wonderful experiences. So we filmed, we were a film crew mm-hmm. uh, in London. Um, we went to some weird face healer who made us have this weird smoke stuff. They gave us uh, hallucinations. We went to a Mongolian throat singer wow. and got dressed up in all these Mongolian robes and did all this weird singing. We also went to the Hare Krishna, exactly. So we spent a day with them doing all the Hare Krishna stuff, um, which was hilarious, like milking cows, because they're all sort of self, self-supportive. Although they've got a massive house, and the guy who was sort of showing us around had quite a nice house and a, a sports car. Really? I was thinking, well, yeah, it's not really Hare krishna But yeah, we did that, and, uh, and other things that were really, really weird. For this documentary, it was really funny, but um, the record company just went. Mm, I think it's going to be. It's not doing your image too much good. And I thought, well, actually, no. I, I thought it's quite doing it. All right. I was. This is embarrassing, hideously embarrassing. But uh, with that in mind, probably not to your suggestion. Oh, that sounds a right laugh for the film we've done. That sounds really, really good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, wicked. Or oh, maybe one day it will get get aired. You never know. I know, yeah, maybe. I know you're a big fan of 80s metal. Which album from Slayer, Venom or Iron Maiden would you have loved to have been part, taking part of? Oh, um, well, I'd probably say Rain in Blood then. Really? I'd love to be a part of Power Slave or Somewhere in Time uh, or Seven Sun. But I think, I think, yeah, no, I'd, I'd go for... Um, I'd go for uh, Raining Blood. It was just such a definitive album, you know, literally launched a whole uh, whole genre of, of, of metal. And uh, I was actually saying this earlier on about the, 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 the first scream was kind of the thing that inspired me to uh, uh, to do what I do. And, and the fact that it's also um, such a, a brilliant produced album and the lyrics are just amazing. If you were stuck on an island for, say, six months, what essential items would you take with you? What essential? A good book, a big book, a 
a huge book, in fact, because obviously not only just for reading, but you need something to start a fire with. A helicopter. So I could just uh, go and do some shopping at Aldi or whatever whenever I wanted to just come back with some fuel uh, for the helicopter and the fire. And probably loads of people they could build me, you know, build me a huge house. Most people that do it for a living. Um, builders, that's them. <laughs> And Jane Seymour, of course. <laughs> but, but yeah, but she has been the time being a time traveller yourself. You could go back to sort of circa uh, Sinbad and his incredible voice, wherever it is, and uh, pluck her from that time epoch. Can you tell me the weirdest thing a fan has ever given you? Prosthetic leg. Really? Well, they've given us lots of strange things, mostly in my office, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, prosthetic leg was quite kind of strange, considering that they needed it, but gave it to us anyway, so they had to hop home. It's in Sydney in Australia. Never. <laughs> that's so yeah, funny, man. It's weird. I mean, it, normally you wouldn't think twice, but I think that's quite cool. Yeah. But the fact that it was theirs and they needed it, and it's obviously quite a costly thing to replace. Definitely up there. <laughs> Definitely. When you stay in hotels and that, do you just sometimes just leave all your makeup on and try and scare the hotel guests? Well, we always do. We always literally sometimes think there's no point in taking it off until I get back and have a shower. What's the point now? We've only got X amount of time. So most of the time, you usually get back to the hotel with it still on. Well, generally, yeah, but it's not, not pleasant. <laughs> not after having played for nine on two hours. Of course. It's a bit of a wreck. Um, I actually saw you at um, Alcatraz in Belgium a couple of years ago. You, know, it was, you were fantastic. Actually, you stole the weekend for us. You've brilliant yeah and Twisted Sister were there and Marilyn Manson and that but you guys yeah, yeah. definitely stole the show that was really yeah Manson dragged me on stage and then kissed me <laughs> <laughs> that was bizarre that was really a bizarre treat for Didn't you that. can you tell me why we should buy Mephisto waltzes because I think it's because it's great that's all I can say it's, it's awesome it's not um, it's not cradle of filth um, it's something it's a different beast altogether um, it's very catchy, it's aggressive, um, it's, it's just got elements of a lot of different things. I think it's quite, kind of unique, I'm not saying it's totally original, because I don't think anything could be totally original nowadays. It hasn't, it doesn't seek to redefine music as we know it, but it's pretty original, it's pretty messed up. Um, it's, you know, it's challenging, it's, um, poetic, it's heavy, but it's also got some sort of um, gothic kind of Euro pop sensibilities about it, but it's also really, really fucking heavy. Um, yeah, so it's a sort of marriage of extremes. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's a very good album. It's very, very well produced. The artwork is incredible. The artwork, you look at it, you just go, wow, this is this really, really amazing because of course with Cradle of Filth the artworks always sort of like catches your eye in that and with the new album that you're releasing through Devilment do you have a lot of the album covers framed in your home? No no I don't actually I have some things framed but I don't, I've got too, many, too much stuff hmm. in my house as it is without having to frame everything like that I've got some bits yeah I've got some original prints and stuff from, but we, yeah you're right we always work with some really great people and this time is no uh, no different. We're very fortunate. I think uh, artists see our back catalogue and think I'd like to get up, you know to be part of that. So we're kind of lucky in that respect that we started off on a on good fit, footing with the principle of the human flesh, mm-hmm. which is my favourite 
album cover that Cradle did. And I think we just started, you know, the ball rolling with that. I think artists like getting involved because there's quite a, there's quite longevity and a history with, with good artists, whether it's Nigel Wingrove or David Ho or Stu Williamson, Simon Marsden, J.K. Potter. Yeah. Yeah, they always are eye-catching, and it just draws your attention, even if you don't even if you don't like heavy metal or something. Me, personally, if I was, like, not into metal, I would just still buy the cover. Just buy it anyway for the covers, because they're fucking awesome. Do you know what I mean? Well, you're going to be one of the few people that actually even bothers with that, because generally now, um, people don't even buy records, do they? I think it's just important, though, just to give people as much, you know, because I think metal, um, in particular, people are very... Uh, uh, loyal to the band but they also like to have the product and they like to read the lyrics they like to see the artwork and, and, and just literally have the full package which you don't really get with other genres as such of course with digital as well you don't anyway it's not the same is it no it's just too throwaway you know if you've got like 80 songs or 80 bands you just downloaded them you're not going to pay each and every one the attention it deserves when, when I used to buy records as a kid because I only had so much money Mm. If I bought an album, like, and, you know, the first listen was like, this is a bit of shit. I'd actually probably make myself love it. Yeah. I just, I'm going to make myself love this. I paid for this with real money. Exactly. We used to go and used to go like through through the whole album, didn't you? And read everything, even the frigging silly credits and things like that. You read everything. Exactly. Yeah. Attention to detail. Absolutely. Well, I'm well over my time here. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Could I get um, some final words for your fans and our listeners? It's yeah. going to be a great tour. Check out the new album and thanks for all your support. Direct you toward the Facebook pages for Cradle and Devilman and Danny Filth because as much as I don't like social media, we've got such a good woman who runs the, those particular sites that this interview is probably already up there. She's <laughs> that, that good. <laughs> and uh, if you want to find anything out, it's always there as a first sort of port of call uh, to find those things about tours or albums or I don't know, anything. Greetings, this is Danny from Cradle of Filth and Devilment, and you're listening to the Metal Gods Meltdown. Down.